0: Welcome back to part two of this building your own time management system episode. Last week I gave you the list of all the ingredients we need to put this recipe together and today I'm going to give you the instructions on how to actually build a time management system that works for you. So let's get started. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Well, let's get started building our time management system. Last week, we went through what are the ingredients that we need to build a time management system, and today we're putting the recipe together. I'm gonna share with you what are the key components of a time management system, and you're gonna see me adding those ingredients throughout the recipe today. So when we talk about our time management system, I want to start by saying that it is fundamental in for this system to work for you, that you personalize it to your needs and preferences. One of the key main reasons why you have tried many time management systems in the past and they might not have worked is because they were not personalized to your needs and your preferences. So throughout today's episode, as I'm explaining you how to put together a time management system, I'm gonna share where can you personalize it for your own needs and preferences. So with that being said and putting that out there, let's get started. When you think about a time management system, I think about four different things. I think about my calendar, I think about my task, I think about the structure needed to allow me to manage my time. And I think about the systems and processes that will glue everything together that will create the consistency that is required. Remember, consistency is one of those key ingredients in a time management system for it to be effective and to help us really be more productive. So let's go through each of these components of your time management system. And let's start with your calendar. Your calendar is the heart of your time management system. I like to think of my calendar as the command center. What is a command center? When I think about a command center, I think about like um, this room with all these screens where you're controlling everything and you're seeing everything, right? A command center is one place and one place only that tells you what you need to do when, And it helps you make the right choices as to what to say yes to and what to say no to. That right there is so powerful. Your calendar is the heart of your time management system is or has the power to be your command center. But in order to become your command center, you need to have one and only one calendar. And Here's one of the biggest mistakes that we make when building our time management systems. We have multiple calendars. Let me ask you how many calendars do you currently have? If you're anything like I was a few years ago, I used to have multiple calendars. I had a calendar for work that typically lived in my outlook. I had a calendar for my personal life where I had things like my doctor's appointments and school events, and I would have that on my personal email account. And then I had another calendar for the podcast and all the things that I do with the podcast. And here's the thing, that was my biggest mistake. The one thing that was most detrimental for me being the most productive and the most fulfilled that I could be in the way that I was managing my time. And here's why, let me tell you a little story. There was this time that I had this one important meeting at work. The stakes were really high. I had been preparing for this meeting for weeks, maybe months. This was a really important meeting for me. And I remember I had blocked the entire day in my calendar at work. So I didn't have any meetings before or after this event. I was fully committed to give my best and I did. The meeting went really well and I left the meeting feeling really pumped up. I was really proud of myself. My self-confidence was off the roof. I was feeling really on the top of the world, right? I thought it went really well. I thought, okay, this is gonna, this. It gave me lots of exposure. I was, I felt like I was making an impact. You know, one of those things that you're like, this is a pivotal event in my career. And I remember going after work to pick up my son and to school, and he was crying. And I remember he was little, he was in elementary school. And I'm like, like, honey, what happened? What's wrong? Did someone hit you? Did you have any problems with any other kids? And he was not talking to me. And we get home and we were at the dinner table and he was still, I could feel like he was sad and disappointed and I keep insisting. And then is when he told me, mom, you were not there for my event. All the other moms were there but you. That moment, my heart broke in pieces. I felt so guilty. I felt so disappointed on myself. All that self-confidence that was built earlier at work was destroyed in a second. And I told myself, this is the last time that this is gonna happen. I am not going to miss another important event for my son again. And I kept doing the same things that I was doing and it happened again. And I told myself, this is the last time that is going to happen. And you know what changed that? Since then, I've never missed an event. The reason why I haven't is because I decided to consolidate everything in one calendar. Here's the thing, you are one person. You don't get to clone yourself. You are one person and your day has 24 hours. So why have separate calendars? Like if you were different people at different points during the day, you're one person. And whether we like it or not, the day only has 24 hours. So the first key to have a time management that is working for you and not against you is to have one and only one calendar. And that is the principle or the ingredient that we talked about last week, centralization. You need to centralize everything into one place. That is your command center, your calendar. Now, I get a lot of questions on, should I use a paper calendar or a digital calendar? Well, that's up to you. That's where personalization comes to place. That's where you need to choose and pick what works for you, based on your preferences and your needs. In my case, at work, we use Outlook. That's where most of the things in my calendar are stored. So I just add everything else to that calendar. So everything is in one place. That is the first step into building your time management system. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Typically, when we look at our calendars, we think about appointments, meetings, right? but not only your appointments need to be in your calendar, also things like tasks, commitments, unavailable time, personal time, family commitments, everything needs to be in your calendar. And you might be saying, task in my calendar? Hold your question because we're gonna get to that in a minute. Now, another key element of your time management working for you when it comes to your command center is you need to honor your calendar. How many times we put things in our calendar and we fail to the commitments that we made to ourselves. When you put something in your calendar, what you're doing is you're making a commitment with someone else or with yourself. And both are equally important. How many times have you blocked time in your calendar for personal time to do something for yourself or blocked time to work on things and you end up not honoring your calendar and giving up that time because someone else is demanding of your time. If you want a time management system that works for you, that helps you be the most productive that you can be, you need to honor your calendar and you need to get comfortable with saying no. And here's where your calendar can really help you. If you have one command center, and I'm gonna share with you a a tactic that is gonna help you do that, but if you have a solid time management system and you use your calendar properly and you honor your calendar, saying no to things that are not important is gonna become easier. Another thing that is important as you build your time management system talking about your calendar is you need to implement processes and systems that are gonna help you make managing your command center, your calendar, sustainable. One of those key processes and systems is weekly planning. Don't rely on daily planning. If you wake up every morning saying to yourself or thinking, what do I need to do today? If that is the question that you keep asking yourself as you start your day, you're never gonna feel productive. Instead what you want to shift that to is I know what I'm planning to do today. I want you to wake up every day knowing what the plan for the day is and the way to achieve that is through the weekly planning and I'm gonna do an episode just on how to plan your week. But I have to say that weekly planning is probably the most impactful process that you can put in place to help you take control of your calendar. So let's talk about our task next. Let me ask you one question. If I were to ask you to pick a piece of paper and write down everything that you need to do in the next month, to how many places would you need to go in order to be able to tell me the things that you need to do? Were you even be able to tell me what you need to do in the next month? Most of us cannot do that. Most of us have to go to many different places to know exactly what we need to do even today. Maybe you have a task app in your computer. Maybe you have an app on your phone where you write things down. Maybe you're using a notebook. Some of those tasks might be on a post-it note or multiple post-it notes in multiple places like your desk at the office and your desk at home and the your refrigerator door. Like with our calendar, it is key that we centralize our tasks. Once again, if you only take one thing from today's episode, is centralization is key for your time management system to work for you. So the first step to manage and cope with your tasks is to centralize them all in one place where you centralize them, that is up to you. You have so many options. Sometimes that is our problem that we have way too many options. If you're like I was a few years ago, I would download all these apps. Every time that I found a new app or someone told me about a new app to manage my tasks, I will try it out. And what ended up happening is that I had some tasks here and some tasks there, and I never knew exactly what I needed to do, what was most important in all the, among all the things that I needed to do. So I want you to pick one place where you are gonna centralize all your tasks. That can be, you can use Outlook, you could use Microsoft To-Do, you could use um, an actual paper planner, you can use a notebook there's so many options just pick one now at the beginning it might take a little bit of trial and error my recommendation here is that you pick one place you centralize everything and you try it out if that app that tool doesn't work for you you can always switch the key in your time management system is that you leverage tools to your advantage And one key principle when leveraging tools as part of your time management system is that you have one and only one tool for every component of your time management system. That is true for tasks. So pick one place where you're gonna centralize them. I used to be a paper and pen person and I switched to digital. For me, it's important that I can see my task anywhere that I am any time of the day. So I use something that I can synchronize between my computer and my phone. So no matter where I am, like my phone is always with me. So I always have access to both my command center being my calendar and my task. But you need to pick what works for you. Once again, personalization is key. What works for me might not work for you and vice versa. So try things out and experiment until you find what works for you. The other thing that we need to do with our tasks is to organize them. When I think about organizing my task, I think about how can I create buckets or categories on which I can put my tasks so I can easily find them when I need to. It's like that drawer, that we all have in our kitchens that is a mess and all of a sudden uh, you are looking for the tape or the scissors and you spend five minutes moving everything around to find what you're looking for. Instead of having a drawer that is perfectly organized and labeled where you can easily find anything that it's in there, the same applies with our tasks. What you want to achieve is to easily find what you need when you need it, and that is through organization. There's different ways that you can organize your task. For me, I like to label them with a letter. So I use them codes on my task to organize them. You can use categories, you can use colors, whatever works for you. The next thing that is important in managing our task is prioritization. That was another ingredient that we share on the previous episode. You need to be able to prioritize your task. If you're anything like me, my task list can look three miles long at any point in time. A lot of times we feel like every time we cross something out, we're adding two or three more things. So it's never ending. It's never empty. and if we don't prioritize our task list, what happens is that we gravitate towards what it's the easiest, the fastest, or what we like the most. And a lot of times we procrastinate on the things that are really important, the things that are gonna be needle movers in achieving the most important things. And I go back to our definition of productivity where we started this conversation. Productivity is about getting the most important things done without feeling overwhelmed or stressed. So that's where these principles on how to manage your tasks are going to help you be productive. One, you want to centralize them all in one place. Two, we want to organize them. Three, we want to prioritize them. I like to use the Eisenhower matrix to prioritize my tasks. This is a tool that I learned as part of the seven habits of highly effective people. Thrive is back. Thrive is a virtual conference that I have been hosting for the last three years as a way to celebrate my birthday. Because I can't think of a better way to celebrate my birthday than hosting a virtual conference. The first year, our focus was on personal and leadership development. Last year, our theme for the conference was reinvention. And this year, our theme is design, build, and drive your career. An amazing lineup of speakers are waiting to pour into you all their knowledge, their experience, their insights to inspire you and give you the tools to continue to grow your career and continue your path to your personal development. I hope to really see you there on the event. It's taking place September 8th and it's completely free. You can grab your ticket. Tickets are limited, so go grab yours. You can find the link on the show notes of this podcast episode. The time management matrix is a simple yet effective way to categorize tasks based on their urgency and importance. So I want you to imagine a two by two grid. On one axis is the importance and on the horizontal one is urgency. The first quadrant we find all those tasks that are both urgent and important. These are your top priorities and they demand your immediate attention. They could include pressing deadlines, crisis, crucial personal or professional matters. Naturally these tasks often demand your focus and your immediate attention. They require immediate action. But we need to be cautious because a lot of them can overwhelm you if you don't plan ahead well and you manage them properly within your time management system. And we're gonna talk about how do we do that when we get to our weekly planning. For now, what you need to know is that Things that fall into this category, into this quadrant, are the things that are gonna be your top priorities right now, that require action right now. The second quadrant is for tasks that are important, but they're not urgent. These tasks are gonna contribute to your long-term goals and your personal growth. They are essential, but you might not feel the pressure to tackle them right away. Think about activities like planning, skill development, relationship building, setting time aside for self-care. They're really important, but they're not urgent. These are the things that we typically push away because we're so pressured by things that are urgent. But here is the thing. If we don't tackle these things, eventually they're gonna become quadrant one or quadrant three They're going to become urgent and then are going to add more and more pressure. They're going to make us feel more and more stressed. So it is important that every week we build quadrant two activities into our schedule. We're going to talk more about this when we talk about our weekly planning again. But for now, what I want you to know is that anything that falls in quadrant two, the action you need to take with it is to schedule it to put it in your calendar to schedule time to tackle those things and make sure that you have some of these every week on your schedule. Let's move on to the next quadrant. The third quadrant houses tasks that are urgent but are not important. These are the distractions that constantly seek your attention but don't necessarily contribute to your goals or to your personal growth or to your well-being. Examples include answering non-urgent emails, attending minor interruptions, or dealing with other people's urgencies. How many times people come to us wanting our help and wanting it immediately because it's something that is urgent for them, but it's not urgent and it's not important for you. And we, because we want to be helpful, because especially if you have people pleasing tendencies, we put aside the things that are important to us to take care of other people's urgencies. You can still be helpful and still say no to those things. These are things that are primed to be delegated. And when we think about delegated, you don't need to have people reporting to you or a team under you to be able to delegate. You can delegate to anyone. Sometimes the best way you can help someone with their urgencies is just pointing them in the right direction to someone that can help them. And that person doesn't have to be you. Let's move to the last quadrant, quadrant four. This consists of tasks that are neither urgent or important. These are time wasters and activities that don't add value to our lives, personally or professionally, like mindless scrolling in social media or watching excessive TV might fall in this category. Note, I say excessive, because sometimes watching TV is a quadrant two activity. It helps us to relax, right? and it can help us to disconnect from the pressures of our day. Things that fall in this quadrant are things that we need to eliminate, to stop. They're taking our space and our time and they're not contributing to adding value to our lives personally or professionally. So remember I mentioned that I use categories for my task? Well, I basically, use the quadrants as my categories. One way for me to organize and prioritize my tasks is to label them as to what quadrant they belong to. And I assess that every week because as I mentioned, the quadrant something belongs to might change over time. Things that are quadrant two, important but not urgent, at one point, they might become urgent as we approach their deadline. So assessing every week in what quadrant your tasks fall is a part of your weekly planning. And we'll get into that in a future episode. For now, know that it is important that you centralize, you organize, and you prioritize your tasks. And that should be part of your time management system. Now, there is one more thing that we need to do with our tasks. And that is to estimate How long is it gonna take to complete those tasks? I think this is another big trap we fall into that can create a lot of frustration with our time management system. You probably already have a list of the things that you need to do. Probably you're even blocking time in your calendar to get those things done. But the one mistake that we make is On one hand, we don't have an accurate picture of what our time budget is. And on the other hand, we underestimate how much time getting those things done is gonna take. So we overestimate how much time we have available and we underestimate how much time is it gonna take for us to get done the things that we need to get done. Let me give you an example to illustrate this. Let's say that you're going grocery shopping and you have a $20 bill on on your wallet. That's your budget. You have $20 to spend and you need to go grocery shopping. You go through the store and you pick all the things that you need and want and you get to the cashier and It all adds up to $50. The cashier is not going to say, oh, no problem. You can take everything. Don't worry. But somehow we think that that is true with our time. Do you honestly know how much time do you have available every day to tackle the things that you need and want to do? And do you have an accurate picture of what is the cost of all of those things? It's like every task that you need to accomplish is an item that you add to your grocery bag. Do you know what is the cost, meaning how much time is it gonna take to do that thing? And do you have enough budget to be able to do all the things that you need and want to do? Here is the biggest pitfall in time management overestimating how much time we have available and underestimating how much time is it gonna take to get things done. Here is where your time management system can really help you. In order to help you, you need to think through and estimate how much time things are gonna take. And this is not an exact science, but you're gonna get better at it the more you practice it the more you think through and estimate the time and you actually track it in a way that you can start to calibrate yourself on how long it takes you to do certain things, the more your time management system is gonna work for you. So, are we ready to tackle our task in a different way? I hope that these four elements are helpful in thinking through how you can incorporate these things into your own time management system. Remember, there is an element of personalization in all of what I shared with you. Now, I wanna move to the other element of time management, and that is structure. Why do we need structure? And I wanna start by saying that structure creates freedom. Let me repeat that one more time. Structure creates freedom. This might sound contradictory, but I had found is 100% true when it comes to time management. If you create structure in your time management system, your system is gonna give you freedom. Let's start by answering the question why we need structure. Well, it's very easy. In today's world, we are constantly doing context switching. What do I mean by this? I bet that you're switching hats all day long. You're moving from one type of task to another type of task. In my role, I go from a meeting and the next meeting has nothing to do with the previous meeting. I'm switching hats all day long because we all wear so many hats throughout the day. Another reason why we need structure is because without structure, we can fall out of alignment. Think about the wheels on your car. I shared this um, example last week when I we were talking about the ingredients for your time management system. We said alignment is one of them. If our wheels are not aligned, then we are gonna be less efficient and our car is gonna be less effective. That's why we need structure to create alignment and to help us minimize the context switching and the hat switching throughout the day. How do we start implementing structure? You might be wondering, well, let me share with you a couple of tools that can help you bring structure to the way you manage your time. The first one, and I think the most powerful one, is time blocking. Time blocking is no other thing that grouping tasks and assigning a time to get them done. Now, how you group those tasks, that is where personalization comes into action. I typically group my tasks based on one of two things. It's either role-based or task-based. Either I group tasks that fall under one same role, meaning that can be different roles that you play at work, or it could be one role being your work, one role being being a mom or being a podcaster, right? I try to bundle tasks based on that role, so I don't have to switch hats in that block of time while I'm trying to get things done. So I have a block to get things done for work, I have a block for getting things done in my role as a podcaster, I have a block of time to get things done at home, and so on. The other way of grouping your tasks is task space. So, for example, I block time to answer emails, and in that time, I might answer both work and personal emails. I block time to organize things, and that can mean organizing things at work and personally, across roles, across multiple hats, but tasks that have themes in common. Now let's step back for a second and clarify a little bit more, what do we mean by structure? And I think in order to get to what structure is, we need to start by talking about what structure is not. Because I think a lot of times when we hear the word structure, what comes to our minds is doing the same things at the same time every day. That is not structure. That's not what I am referring to in structure in the context of time management. Structure is not creating a weekly routine that it's always the same or booking every minute of your day with tasks. That's not what I mean. What I mean is grouping tasks together to maximize your efficiency and your effectiveness is aligning tasks to the best times of the day. Let me give you an example of this. There are times of the day that I am personally more productive. There are times of the day that I'm personally more creative, typically is the mornings. So any task that requires brain power, that requires me to be creative, I try to block time in the mornings to do those things. And I leave for the afternoons, the more tactical, operational, administrative type of task. Structure also means prioritizing your time to ensure that the most important things get done. And structure also means allowing for flexibility. Flexibility is another one of those key ingredients that we talked about last week. If we don't build flexibility into our systems and our routines and our processes, we are doomed to fail because things change constantly. Priorities shift constantly and we need to allow room for flexibility. So structure also includes flexibility. Now, we talk about blocking time and I personally like to block time at different times of the day so I can tackle different types of tasks depending on what is the best time of the day for me and my level of energy to tackle those tasks. Now, when I'm working on those tasks, there's a couple of things that I like to do to maximize those blocks of time. Number one, I like, during my weekly planning, and we're gonna get to that in a future episode, to identify what exactly is that I'm gonna do in those blocks of time. Here's the thing. You might be blocking time today, but what happens? you sit down, you have a block of time, you don't know what you're gonna be doing during that block of time. So let's say you block an hour. You spend the first 15 minutes going through your task list and identifying what exactly you're gonna work on. And if you don't have a good way of tackling your task in the way that I just shared with you, you probably are gonna pick the things that you can do the quickest, the easiest, or that you like the most, not necessarily the most important things. So if you are already prioritizing your task, you can already assign tasks for those blocks of time before the block of time actually happens. That way you can use the full extent of the time to tackle the things that you need to tackle the things that are top priority for you at that precise moment. And then you can use techniques like the Pomodoro technique while you're in that block of time to be the most efficient that you can be during that time to minimize distractions and really be able to get the things done. If you're not familiar with the Pomodoro technique, it's very easy. The first step is you decide what task you need to complete. Then you need to set a timer for 25 minutes. You work on your task until the timer rings. Then you take a five minute break and then you start all over again. And you can do multiple cycles of this. This technique has been proven by many to increase your efficiency and your effectiveness in those blocks of time. If you're curious about this Pomodoro technique, just Google it or look for it in Google, in YouTube. You're gonna find hundreds of resources. There are even apps that help you put in practice this technique. For me, I had found it very powerful in those blocks of time that I set to get things done. So remember, busy is not productive. Creating structure gives you freedom and allows you to move from being busy, being busy, to being productive and tackling the things that matter most, which is what we're all after. So that is for today what I wanted to cover, three key elements of your time management system, your calendar, your task, and the structure needed to create the freedom that you need and the empowerment that you need to be the most productive you can be. Now, on the next podcast, as always, before we go, if you found today's podcast episode helpful, do me a favor and share it with a friend. With that, I will see you next week. Until then, have an amazing and productive week ahead.